Welcome back to the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. Today is Thursday, January 6th in oh, 2022. First episode of the new year. Shout out to us. Um, this is episode 138 of the podcast. Uh, if you like what you're listening to, go ahead, subscribe on Apple and Spotify, and you can do five-star reviews on both now. So that's exciting stuff. If you're bored today, you know, that sounds like a fun activity. Uh, for today's episode, we are going to be talking about the first two episodes of Boba Fett. Um, the show that released about well, like two weeks ago on Disney Plus, as well as some Doctor Strange 2 rumors, Morbius being delayed, uh, the future of Andrew Garfield's uh, Spider-Man and some Sony projects might be getting a little more clear, as well as we're going to talk about some of the MCU movies that are nominated or being nominated for Oscars, being thrown in the running. I'm not good with that sort of stuff, so that's how I'll describe it. Um, and then we're going to end it with trivia, and by we, I mean me and Peter Gonzalez, as always. Peter, how are you? I'm doing great. That was quite the intro. It was very cohesive and streamlined, and I think that means the same thing, but it was a very solid intro. Very gave a lot of teasers. It reminded mm-hmm. me of the old KCPR days, you know. Just oh, touched on throwback. What talk about. Yeah, um, you, know, you got to start the new year strong. Uh, happy new year to you, Peter. Um, happy new year. We're talking Boba Fett. So the first two episodes have come out, and if you haven't seen them, Here's your spoiler warning. But what I also would say is there aren't too many like big spoilery things really that have happened in these first two episodes. So super easy to get caught up if you haven't started. Um, a lot of world building happening. A little slow start. But Peter, I wanted to ask you so far, if you were to give this a letter grade, the first two starts or the first two episodes to start this, what would you give it and why? I okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a C as my initial rating. And for context, why that is, there's a, there's an influencer that I follow online, and um, when she watches things, she grades them like one through ten, being like how much you're on your phone when you're watching this on a scale of one to ten. I'm on my phone pretty much like a six or seven with this. It's 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 good, but it's not. I think the problem is it's not glued eyes glued to the screen marvel watching type of vibe and i think and i'm also re-watching the mandalorian currently to get um, mm-hmm. family up to speed and that moves a little bit quicker but i feel like with boba fett what's slowing it down for me is that we're spending it's that it's split between the present and the past yeah and i feel like that's kind of jarring me a little bit where i'm like the the pacing's a little off, but it definitely does give me such strong like a western vibe, mm-hmm. more so than the Mandalorian. I feel like like it's very much old school, like we have a picture of black and white western. So it's I'm into it. I'm just not fully yeah. stoked. I see. I I understand those points. I've actually seen a lot of that online. It's generally been kind of like the the people have received the first two episodes in kind of like an underwhelming fashion, would you say? Like, they're just kind of like, this is cool, but I want more. And this is, I think, the problem we're going to continue to run with these Disney Plus shows, Marvel ones included. We're just greedy as fans. And I'm greedy, too. I'm not saying that that's bad. Um, I, on a letter grade for this show so far, I would go like a B, B plus. Um, if I was using your uh, phone, um, that... That scale, the first episode, definitely on the phone quite a bit. Second episode, I no phone the entire time. 
I really liked the second episode. I thought that this second episode, even if you look at it kind of as a one-off story, because it kind of can be, it's up there with the best episodes of the year for me with the MCU shows. Because think about it with the Tusken Raiders. What? New Hope comes out in 1977, 78, 76, something like that. Um, those Tusken Raiders have been around for like 30 years, and we don't really know anything about them, and we haven't seen for lack of a better word, their culture and the way that Boba is interacting with them and training them to fight the train and and the people that are running it in the second episode, I thought was really cool. And I think they finally like, I'm interested in the Tusken Raiders and I see what you mean of like the flashing back and forth can be kind of confusing because I'm almost kind of more, I'm more interested weirdly in the flashbacks because I feel like that part of the story has been told so well. And we've gotten a lot more of that. Which is probably setting up for later in the season to focus more on the present. But um, the world building. And like you mentioned the western. I just really enjoyed episode two. Really, really enjoyed it. I definitely. You made several good points there. And I definitely really. I liked episode two better than episode one. Oh yeah. And I definitely think this is interesting. That I never would have thought we were going to get like character redemption for the Tuscan Raiders. Like I never thought. I thought after they killed Anakin's mom that yes. I I just have a question. This might be dumb. So in this episode about the Tuscan Raiders, <clears throat> they kind of talk about how like when the seas dried, right? Are they fish that are wearing masks? Like or is those masks a part of their body? Like I that was what I was thinking about the whole time. Was like what are is, is are they fish with masks? I'm this is a legitimate question. Like, is that how they breathe out of water? Like, it's real question. Like, are they fish? Fish people. I think this is my favorite thing you've ever said on the podcast. I think that that helps them breathe in the sand, be able to adapt to the sand situation. I don't think they're necessarily fish. So that's not their face. That's a I think covering. It's a, yeah. I think it's a. I think it's a mask, part of their covering, and maybe I'm sure there are Star Wars purists that know the specific it has the vibes of it in spongebob when they put the uh, bowl of water on their head when they go out of water you know what i mean so they can breathe i've never seen spongebob so i have oh, no idea what you gosh. Just... when they go to sandy's dome and they have to put the water uh helmets on come on peter i googled I it's okay. a mouthpiece that covers between the nose and the jaw so that they can breathe in on tattooing so that could be be on Tatooine, the sand, or because there's no water that used to be in the water. That's weird. Another thing I want to say is, my God, Star Wars, they love Tatooine. They just can't get enough of this place. We're in this galaxy with all these planets. that was a good thing. I like it, but it's just like, Jesus, everything. Well, yeah, I mean, we are. The Skywalker dynasty is the whole hinging of Star Wars, for better or worse, and when we were actually on Tatooine, like, you know, Moss, I was like, okay, I understand. And we got the Hut twins. I was like, okay. Yeah, that was I'm, cool. What'd you think I'm, of that? I'm in a more familiar world. No, I didn't understand who the, I guess, darker Chewbacca-looking dude, mm. very yeah, I, Lord I know of the Rings is. vibes. And I knew you knew would, would know who it was. So I was like, looking forward to this. I think I texted you that I'm like, there's things I don't understand that I'm sure yeah. you can explain. But I definitely... To your point, I think that this second episode really did make it more of an understanding of what 
this show can be like. But I think I'm more interested in the present than the past, which I think is cool that we're interested in the different sides of it because that'll kind of help shape yeah. these reviews. I'm just curious a lot of where where the relationship or how the relationship that Boba Fett builds with the Tusken Raiders, how that influences maybe how he is behaving in the present as he's trying to maybe run Tatooine in some sort of way. Maybe he's, for the first time, he's actually like considering the Tusken Raiders and no one has ever done that. So maybe that, I'm looking forward to something like that. But on the Wookiee, um, his name is Black Chrysanthemum. And he uh, he's in the comics. And basically, in between episodes four and five, there's a comic book where Darth Vader, he hires... Um, two bounty hunters to go get somebody i don't exactly remember if it's them going i don't think it's them going after luke or han or leia it's someone else and the two bounty hunters he hires are boba fett and black chrysanthemum chrysanthemum yeah that's how i'm not good at pronouncing stuff so boba refers to him as a gladiator which i think we can refer to as like two things kind of Theoretically, yes, there's probably some sort of like fighting pits in the Star Wars universe where gladiator type Roman things happen. And also, I just think he's probably thought of as one of the gnarliest dudes in the galaxy, but bounty hunter types. Um, and so we are really getting teased um, a matchup between these two, which I think we will get in the season and it will be awesome. But it is important to know that these two fully do know who each other are and have worked together. That's a good point. I think I think it adds to the world building that you mentioned so earlier in the conversation. You know, this show is definitely fleshing out the Star Wars universe in a way that people that understand the comics, people that understand the different stories that are canon to Star Wars are really going to be able to appreciate and see it as a full picture. So I think that I guess that raises the question for me in looking for in comparing it to a Marvel show, the big bad of this show then is that going to be the hot twins or are we thinking there's somebody else well or what you know that's a really good point i think the hut twins are there i think they're up there and i think what if i were star wars what i would do is i definitely would not kill off the hut twins because i think having the huts around in the future of their universe would be good that is like job of the hut like cool character cool idea um I, I do think that Chrysanthemum, like, that will be a big fight between him and Boba in terms of big bad. But I still think the mayor's probably the sketchiest. Like, there's something going on there that maybe is revealed. And I, I, I'm hesitant to say that, um, so the assassin that they sent after Boba, the one they uh, capture, is of the Crimson Dawn, the Red Dawn, something like that. That's Amelia Clark's character from Solo. She runs that. So she could be a big bad in some sort of way as maybe like a, a rival black market bounty type thing organization. Um, that that strikes me as the big bad. But uh, I before I ask you what you think is the big bad, I did want to throw out, they've been kind of rumoring, and this could be complete bullshit, but... There's tons of rumors that Han Solo is going to show up in a, like how Luke did in the end of Mando 2, which means I don't think he is 
the big like the bad of anyway. I don't think we're getting Boba versus Han in the finale. I just think it's I'm intrigued with the show because Peter, I've been rambling for two minutes. I don't know who the big bad is. But I like there's options, right? You see what I mean? What do you think? No, totally. I think to your point, not to put several points on there. Well, obviously, if it is Amelia Clark's character, that would serve well as the backdoor pilot to spin off for her show, which is allegedly for sure almost confirmed. She's getting her Disney Plus show. Oh, really? Nice. And so with that being the case, that would make sense to why it would be included here to sort of continue. And she does have the overarching deal, you know, with Disney. She is going to be on the Marvel side. So why not be on the Star Wars side as well? I do feel like Han Solo will be a little bit more than the Luke appearance. I think we're going to get something that's a little more lucrative. Again, I think it depends how much money they're willing to offer these people to come back for these characters at the end mm-hmm. of the day. How would you see a Han Solo Boba Fett interaction? Because think of, keep keep in mind this is post Darth Vader's death and the Emperor's death in six or Emperor's quote unquote death in six. What would the are they going to just start fighting immediately? Like, how are they going to... That would be just interesting. I think it depends where this takes place specifically in the Skywalker timeline, because if he's already lost... If Han Solo's already lost Ben over to... What is the dark side? What is the bad guy? Sith. The Sith. The Sith. But they're not really Sith, are they? They're not... Are they called Sith? They're called something else. the, The New Order... I think that's what it is. So if he's already lost Ben, then he's gone back. He's thrown himself into this. He's thrown himself into his work, which was, you know, so I could see him maybe being the one recruited to help come stop Boba. And that's kind of how the, it's an antagonist type situation where he's trying to get Boba. Boba's like, I don't have an issue with you anymore. Like, leave me alone type thing. Yeah. Where we're seeing Han Solo from the opposite lens, as opposed to seeing Han Solo as the hero, we're seeing him as the yeah, that would be wild if they did that. Um, is it has this six episodes? It has seven. Seven. Okay. Which is I, an extra. Sh- yeah. You know. Shit. They still. I feel like need. There's just so much they have to do. Um, another thing I enjoyed in this so far is. Actually, I don't know how to put this. What do we think we're getting a Jedi? Because I've kind of enjoyed that we haven't. And it's more like, look, oh, oh. Okay, ignore the Jedi thing, folks. Is this season or the story of the flashbacks going to end? Not So not the season, but the flashbacks he's been having. Is that going to end with him witnessing Mando and the people and the some of the Tusken Raiders destroy the crate dragon is that how like are we gonna tie into mando do you understand what i'm saying like some sort of like because there he's around on that time and i think that would be a cool way to tie it in doesn't even require mando to have speaking lines you can just literally see him witnessing what took place in episode one or two of mando season two that's i mean i think that definitely coincides with the idea that Mando is supposed to make an appearance at some point in this show. So I think that would make sense if it is in the past as opposed to the future. I mean, the, the past pre- timeline as opposed to the present timeline because in the present timeline, we got Mando's situation has to get resolved on his own end, 
but mm-hmm. I think that that would make sense for a way to kind of integrate the two with it being a cameo in the past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I do, and- to your point about the previous point about the Jedi, I don't think we need a Jedi here because I think we're, if we're getting Han, I don't need a Jedi. Yeah, I I would prefer not to get a Jedi. Would be my thing. Let's focus on. Like this is the more this. grounded stuff. If you think about, it. like this is the more this is like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier type of Star mm-hmm. Wars. I wouldn't it's grounded. I wouldn't mind hearing about uh, this could happen via Han if he shows up, or maybe through the Huts or other people who are bad. Hearing about maybe the the descent into madness or darkness of Ben Solo, like them talking about, oh my God, there's this new. Like hearing no, totally. about it that way would be cool. But I it, think. but is it too early though? Is the thing too? It depends how because this isn't that they have that weird situation where they're telling stories in between stories that already exist. So it's like how yeah, much it's the timeline's so hard to figure out. And if you put it too close to the timeline already of the force awakens you're kind of limiting how much story you can tell going forward i mean theoretically isn't the him escaping the crate dragon that's probably could be even before they destroyed darth vader because if like what is he in there for 20 hours you know what i mean yeah i guess that's a possibility too we don't have a full concrete explanation of this timeline yet and i don't think they're ever going to give it to us um Okay, do you have anything else on Boba 1 and 2 before we get into some MCU stuff? You know, I'm I'm looking forward to see where it goes. I'm not I'm not not on board with this show. I'm, I'm very much on board. I just it hasn't lived up to its potential for me yet, but at the same time it has been enjoyable. So. Mhm. Yeah. I I see what you mean by that. And me saying how much I like the second episode, I do like I really liked it, but I agree with the like how it has been underwhelming in a way i'm just hoping that they're slow burning it but we'll see um okay on to doctor strange in the multiverse of madness we got some rumors that i mean shit everyone in the world is rumored to be in this movie um so i'm gonna start it off with a question to you peter is we have been hearing rumors about Every person under the sun who ever played a Marvel superhero or villain showing up in this movie because of what the multiverse can do, right? So what surprise cameo would make you the most stoked? So this is going to be a super basic answer, and you probably can guess what this answer is going to be, but... I think I know Okay, how about this? What do you think my answer is? Let's, Let's go with that one. Chris Evans is the Human Torch. Yes, but I also want Jessica Alba as Sue Storm. I would like to see the two of them be who we see. I think that would be... Because I feel like they're such victims of bad writing, good casting, bad writing. And I guess in the Fantastic Four note, there's been rumblings that Marvel is meeting with, has met with um, Justin Timberlake and Charlize Theron for potential... MCU projects. And my initial thought is they would be like, please don't do that for Fantastic Four. Holy Four, crap. Because that would be I bad. would just be so sad. So yeah, I might so as well get Jimmy my... Fallon at that point. Good God. <laughs> as the Mr. Fantastic. Oh, that would suck. It would be so bad. So but I yeah, think that would be I like those yeah. two, though. That's a good call. Um, For me, I don't think this is going to be surprising. Michael Fassbender, Magneto. That's what I want. And then if, and it's like it's like I think a reasonable potential smaller scale situation of who I would want to see. You're like, let's go straight for the big one. 
yeah, I want Magneto, and I want it to be Michael Fassbender, and I want some shit to go down. Magneto, if they bring in, I'm not exaggerating. Outside of Spider-Man, if they bring Magneto into the MCU and do him well with Michael Fassbender, he will legitimately be my favorite character in the entire MCU. I love Magneto. He's fucking crazy, and it's fucking awesome, and he's so powerful, and he's bad, sometimes good. I just think, and there's so many good comic stories, the Magneto War, like, there's just so many ways you could use him. And I think Magneto, I would go Fassbender because I don't want an older Magneto. I want Magneto to be around for a while. Um, But, yeah, I want Magneto. Also, if Ben Affleck came back as Daredevil, that'd be hilarious and, like, a F you to Warner Brothers. To that point, I think... Sidebar, we need definitely need to do an X-Men episode a la how we did the Spider-Man comparison yeah. episode. I think that's warranted. Because I didn't know that the, the love for Fastbender was that deep for Magneto casting. Oh, but yeah. It's on. There are some scenes in X-Men First Class, like where he goes to... He goes to somewhere in South America. He goes to this bar. And he just fucks up these former Nazis. And it was so sick. It was so cool. He's just badass. And I, I think Michael Fassbender does a really good job of portraying him. So that is the cameo I would want the most. Um, one cameo that's rumored is uh, Toby Maguire. Yeah, I, I know you've heard about that. But I recently heard that the rumor is it'll be a voiceover. <laughs> what voiceover do you think they would use with Toby? Would it be something like maybe he just said from No Way Home? Is Here's it, the deal, though. I don't think his voice is recognizable enough for it to be a voiceover that work. That's like, oh, this is him on the. We hear we're listening. Oh, to come on! In Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, they did the person who played Ahsoka Tano in the animated show. Toby's I had, not, didn't know that until like the second time I went back and watched the movie. So but, therefore, that's what I mean. I didn't recognize it. I didn't know that was the situation. So therefore, if we're gonna well, do something like a voiceover, yes. Mr. What Robbins if they did? The front row. What if they did the Raimi, like score music under Tobey Maguire's voice? Would you recognize it? I yes, at that point yes. However, with the general viewing population, who who's coming on board because they're Wanda fans or they're Doctor Strange fans, going to recognize that? I I don't a voiceover. I feel like it would be a cop out. I think that would I want be, him in it. I would yeah, love, I need him saving we'll Doctor Strange, telling him about the No Way Home situation. Oh, yeah, that, that theory. That's the, the top of my list history. of anything. Best theory in the history of the couch. Um, other rumor. Um, and there's multiple rumors about this same character, so you make sure we cover all aspects of it, Peter. Um, Ghost Rider. So a couple weeks ago it comes out that Marvel is like, Ghost Rider, Doctor Strange 2, it's been a rumor all this time, right? The, the Marvel wants to do their version of the, the Midnight Suns, which he's involved in. It comes out that the dude from Walking Dead, Daryl, has been like... Norman kinda, Reedus. Norman Reedus has been campaigning somewhat for this role, leading people to speculate slash believe that he would be the next Ghost Rider. That's rumor one. Then rumor two comes out that... In Multiverse of Madness, when shit is not looking good, Ghost Rider Nick Cage is going to show up, and his power level is going to be unbelievably elite in, like, holding off Wanda or Shuma, and he's going to name drop Mephisto. 
What is the third one you were mentioning before the show? So our third one is also similarly to Norman's campaigning for um, the role Diego Luna, who played Cassian Andor in Rogue One, Star Wars movie. Taking up, I'm sure you remember that one. I do. Is he the dude who was getting a series? I think so, potentially. Kind of looks like uh, the dude who uh, did the Hamilton play thing. Okay. Yes. Kind of looks like Lin Manuel Miranda. Kind of does, right? That guy. <laughs> yes, that was interesting. How you, you, you he, he name dropped somebody. This is a big moment. You name dropped an actual name of somebody, and you knew them as their person, as character. But yes, he's also campaigning for the role actively as well. Ah. Uh, okay. Long term, I think that the Norman Reedus dude—that's his name. You said he would yes. be pretty cool. But if I'm being honest. How fucking sick would it be if Nick Cage showed up in Doctor Strange 2, just all Nick Cage and powerful? It'd be so funny, cool. And then doing that allows you to set up a ghostwriter in the future and give yourselves more time. Um, because I do think it would be dumb if the first time we ever see Ghost Rider is him at his like absolute apex of his power. Whereas if you did that with Nicolas Cage, you can say, oh, it's a multiverse version and then do the more grounded start to a Ghost Rider where he eventually he reaches that power peak. Does that make sense? That does. And I guess to that point, allegedly they've already cast Mr. Fantastic, who also makes an appearance in Multiverse of Madness. So then do we get an old Mr. Fantastic or do we do the similar thing where we're going to get a new one, which puts us in the same situation where we have this Ghost Rider situation, do we do existing or do we do bring somebody new into the role already and I think go you, for that way? I think you go existing. Because I think you, the Fantastic Four, Mr. Fantastic is such an important character that for the MCU, when you set him up, you can't skip any aspects of it and depend on those shitty movies, even though parts of them are good, to like tell the story of them. I I'm going to be just so bummed when John Krasinski doesn't get to be Mr. Fantastic. I want that casting so freaking bad. And I want Emily Blunt as the Invisible Woman. And we're not going to get it. I, I don't think we're going to get it because it just sounds too good to be true. See, I think we will. Get, I think we will get it because I think I No Way so Home bad. is such an indicator of how even more massive these films are. And it's like you have to do these movies. You can't not... Is there aren't things that you can just be like, oh, like Timothy Chalamet is like, oh, don't do a Marvel movie. Like, you don't do that. It's like, you we don't do, need you, do Timothy. a Marvel movie. You, you get so much out of them. I mean. Well, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's not like Emily Blunt isn't in shitty movies. She was in freaking Jungle Cruise. Like, if we're going to talk about like, oh, Marvel movies aren't serious enough. It's like, you're in movies with The Rock. In the jungle. Like, come on. Settle down. Um. Next thing I want to talk about is it's kind of the online debate about Doctor Strange 2 of who will be the big bad. So the rumors are Shuma Gorath potentially, uh, Wanda, and more specifically, Peter, I want to talk about Wanda. Because there's like seems to be two sides on the internet, shockingly. People are disagreeing. I can't believe wow. that. Some people are such big fans of Wanda, like I would say like Wanda stands, 
that they really, 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 really don't want Wanda to go full bad because I guess they don't want that to happen to their their favorite character. And then there's the other part of the Internet that really wants Wanda to go bad because of the great stories that could tell, like in the comics, like House of M. I am firmly in the camp of I want Wanda to go bad because Wanda going bad doesn't mean she can't ever be like redeemed. She can in a form. The Scarlet Witch, though, you got to look at the comics. She's not a hero all the time. And I think that, I mean, Elizabeth Olsen certainly knows what she's signing up for and certainly I think would be great at doing the villain. I don't think she's the one who doesn't want to do it. I just think that they need to stop listening to the fans who are like, oh, don't do it. Like, do it. Go full bad, and it will work so well if you have a character that everyone loves who goes full bad. Like, that's intriguing. Don't just tease me with it, right? So I think you said it so well. There's so many people that are such Wanda stands that are like Wanda, Wanda, Wanda. I think where I'm – where through that conversation that you were just saying, I was able to kind of disassociate the two. I think I can say I'm an Elizabeth – Olsen stan because mm-hmm. of her talent and range so therefore yes give me Wanda being a villain why not why not delve into that side of the character go full dark have her go crazy why not have her blow some people up kill some people just go fully off the deep end because only like the best villain performance in MCU a character redemption you know, yeah it's like why not it's like I don't think people are like she's gonna become a villain we can never redeem her again it's like no totally go full towards the end because she has a specific, I think that's what's so important to remember. She has a good rationality. She wants her kids. She wants something that's mm-hmm. pure at the end of the day. And she's been corrupted. That's, that's it right there. That's so the, I just think it's like, this might be a little dramatic, but I just think it's like almost like an insult to Elizabeth Olsen as an actress in a person. Some of the people who are just like so like, no, don't make her go bad. Don't no, no, no. She's because she's got we saw in WandaVision. She has that freaking range. And I don't understand. It's just such a wasted opportunity if you don't go down this road and explore it. We think about the best villains in the history of the MCU. Thanos, Green Goblin, Zemo, uh, I know I'm forgetting someone. How impactful would it be if someone who we've had since Age of Ultron becomes the villain? We've never, ever, ever had that. Closest thing we had is Civil War with Cap and Tony going at each other. So, like, having someone who we, as an audience, have grown to care about and love, quote-unquote, Go bad. That is the most intriguing storytelling option by far, and would vault. Wanda would automatically be a top three villain in the history of the MCU, even for it's just a single performance, because it would be that impactful. And to that point, you really open up the potential for future stories to come as well. You're able to go further beyond where this character can go. Whether you do another Disney Plus show, you do a standalone movie, you do something with it. If the character stays the same nothing's going to ever become engaging storytelling again. But you need something Mm -hmm. like this to have her go up against someone like Strange in a way that makes more sense, I would say, than even Cap versus Iron Man. Because here, you know, he wants her help and she's going to agree to it. But at the same time, she has her own motivations and their motivations do not align. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And we've seen how Doctor Strange has been with someone like Peter. So to see him with Wanda, I think that will only further flesh out a movie that I think deserves uh, having Wanda be a villain. Yeah. I mean, so we're on the same page with that. I really hope they don't. I just feel like it's such a cop out if, like, with 25 minutes left in the movie, Wanda just goes, Oh no, I realized I was being bad. Now let me help you. It's like you can have some sort of that, like, redemption at the end of the movie, but, like, lean into it. Lean into it. I think that's what we both feel like. Um, speaking of just unbelievably great movies that we're excited for, uh, Morbius was delayed. <laughs> so excited for that one. God, Sony, just give up. Um, I would just, I'll go with this. Uh, the idea that people think that this movie was delayed so they could um, add extra time to add Andrew Garfield into it. Um, do you guys think that Sony found out that Andrew Garfield was in Spider-Man No Way Home like on December 17th like we did? Really? Like they've had, they've known this for months. They could have filmed it before. I think this is totally them with the stupid COVID shit that they're afraid of. But also this movie sucks, so I don't really care. Um, thoughts? Well, to add to that, um, I did see that part of the reason why supposedly it is being delayed is because of the overperformance of No Way Home. So Sony, instead of Sony putting them so close together, they're able Ooh. to spread them out. So they're able to say, oh, our box office was bigger, more spread out. And, and I guess on the financial side of things, it looks better to put Morbius later. But at the same time, it's like it comes, it's going to come out like two weeks after Batman or something. Or like, so it's and like, like in between Doctor Strange, too. It's like, going to get so. I, again, I, I, I've seen the trailer so many times because I've been going to the movies for, oh, for ever since this movie was announced like forever ago. Mm-hmm. Which was before No Way Home. I think we got the trailer for this before No Way Home was even supposed to come out or anything. Yeah. So it's like been seven times it's been delayed. It's it just it's there's nothing. I don't know. I don't. Why not just push it all the way to October, make it a Halloween movie at this point? It's just I, it, it's, it's just no one cares. I it's I don't know. I don't know what. There's nothing in there that says I need to see this movie. It'll be like when I went to see Venom J, where I was like, well, I have nothing else to see. I'll go see it. And then mm-hmm. I was like, what did I just sit through for a loose portion of my life for? Yeah, and we've talked about this on the last podcast we did. I We're both very big Andrew Garfield fans and want him to come back. Oh, I just really hope they don't pair him with this Morbius and Venom. Because that's talk about putting him in another shitty situation just like they did for The Amazing Spider-Man. You throw him in with the, the in this universe that I have zero faith in. It's not a great start, even though I think he's a tremendous actor. Um, Peter, you mentioned before the show that the MCU, some of the movies they are submitting to the Oscars. I don't know how any of that works. So how would you go through that? For sure. So essentially when movies come out, um, and if a studio is really banking on their, what they have in the movie, they'll submit them to the, for your consideration. So this is like, I'm submitting this so that hopefully it gets nominated for our an Oscar, essentially. Mm-hmm. And because it's been, again, a COVID-impacted year, not a lot of stuff's been really out there in, in the theaters that could potentially warrant submissions. So for basically Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, and No Way Home, they're all getting into the foyer consideration category. Whether it's Best Picture, they're throwing them in there, which I know you are so stoked to see that Eternals getting tossed into the Best Picture It's just a joke. It's a joke. All directors are getting tossed into the director 
conversation, which is an interesting. I think the only one of the direct. I, I think for that, it's. I don't see John no Watts the only one that I think d- deserves anything. I would say I wouldn't say all of them, in my opinion, have something that they brought to it in their style of choices. I mean, the opening of Black Widow was a solid opening. You know, the credits. I thought yeah. that direction was good. Also, interestingly enough, would be um, the best actor, best actress category too, where you see names like Gemma Chan popping up. You see um, Scarlett Johansson to being tossed in there. If Richard Madden Gemma Chan were to get it over ScarJo, we live in a simulation and the world is fake and lame because different planets. ScarJo, come on. Or are you actually telling me that? No, I'm sorry, I was replaying it in my head. I'm like fast forwarding through the movies in my head as I'm going through this. You know, obviously, yeah. For those specific performances, yes, Scar Joe did more. The Zendaya best, I would do over. Sorry. I did see um, best actor, you know, is, is conversation. They threw Simu in there. I don't, didn't know. I don't see that one happening. They did. Um, they throw Tom Holland? in that conversation. Tom Holland. Okay, so that's the only one I care about. Best Supporting Actress, it's more of an Eternal situation where they're tossing around. Basically, all the women in Eternals are tossed into the Best Supporting. However, there's a big push for Florence Pugh to do to show up in Best Supporting for... Where Black is Zendaya? Let me look it up real fast to see which name. One second. Hold on. How any of those people we just named were not better than Zendaya this year? This is the Supporting. Zendaya was a Supporting character. But I don't know if that's the thing that I wanted to double check. Um, Who decides this? It's like the people in the NBA for the All-Star game where they decide like what players can play weird positions and it doesn't make sense. Is there like a time limit? Like Zendaya talked too much to be supporting? Because I mean... I think that, that there... So oddly enough, I do believe there are time limits to like how much warrants which part you would get into. How would she be more than Florence Pugh? I think it's because if you look at... Um, if you give it to Kit Harrington. For what? Best supporting actor. For not wanting yeah. to jump over the wall and having to go around it to when the when the deviant was attacking. Well, he's just a common man. You gotta Is build he, was he that you know? At that point. So essentially, they're in the Oscar conversation. I think the strongest case for Oscar conversation is obviously No Way Home Eternals. over all of these. Though Chloe Zhao did win last year for Best Director. And Best Picture. Her picture won Best Picture. The Parasite? So, no. Uh, three le- three bill... Uh, no Man Land, I think it was? No. So it was something something very um, indie mm, grayscale vibes. But So I was, oddly enough, not oddly enough, but I was watching, um, I'm currently re-watching Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. and um, obviously... Return of the King is the one that got Best Picture at the Oscars. Yeah, and Two so Towers is, is way better. There is precedent for pictures of this genre to do something in the Oscar category. And I think there's there's variables where the movie could shine. There's variables where because the world hates superhero movies. It saved the movie industry. Shouldn't that calculate in a way? I think I think this would be a perfect opportunity for it to recalibrate and reevaluate what it is to be a best picture, what it is to be. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be a, 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 a somber performance, though, interestingly enough, 
in the actor category for their um, movies, Benedict Cumberbatch and Andrew Garfield are in the com- strong conversations for best actor. Mm-hmm. You know, the movie I just saw was uh, Old Henry. Old Henry. What is Old Henry? Really good. It's like this Western. It's really fucking gnarly. A lot of shooting and shit. 2021. Really good. Really good film. Interesting. Interesting. What did you watch? Which channel? Which platform? I don't know. My dad got it on like Amazon or something when I was home, I think. Interesting. Uh, some cool history stuff in that, I would say. Um, all right, Peter. We want to do some uh, true or false MCU trivia before we get out of here today? Yes, but to that note, because you suggested that movie, I was going to tell you, I just watched um, Tick, Tick, Boom. Oh, that is, what is that? Is that Andrew, Andrew Garfield? Garfield. A piano one? A, yeah, he plays a real-life person or something. Like, a real a real person. Like, a, a true story. And that one's that one's mind-boggling. Like, no. I thought he was talented before, but, like, you watch that and you're just, like, the possibility. He's, like, he's like a good singer. But it's like, it's a singing where it's like a full, it's the way he acted as Spider-Man where he doesn't, where he, you can't see his face. So it's all expression mm-hmm. and like body language. And so it was basically like that. All right. All right. We're here in trivia. A very tough first question for us. Iron Man was the first film in the MCU. True or false? False. I'm going to <laughs> because of what I because because of the whole conversation that's currently happening now that oh uh, actually yeah now that Spider Man is considered part of the MCU well X Men one would be before that well yeah so then is it because Deadpool like, was in that commercial with Korg so then is this the first well, I guess by Marvel yes for the purpose of this it is Ho Yinsen is secretly the leader of the ten of a ten ring cell no that's not true mm-hmm. that is false. Oh my god, these questions are so bad. Don Cheadle was replaced by Terrence Howard as Rhodey. That's false. The other way around, you idiots. Um, oh boy. Do you know what Killmonger's real name is? Eric Killmonger Stevens' real name is Ninjadaka? I think so. I think that's true. Nice. Um... The Jabari tribe worships the panther god Bost. I think so, right? No. I thought it was I thought it was the Wakandan. I, I don't know. No, oh, you're right. The Jabari, <laughs> the ape god. Yeah. Hanuman. Oh, that's right. That's right. With the head the mm-hmm. Um <laughs> I mean, it's just not good trivia options out there for geniuses like us. You have so many tabs open. Yeah. I got a PS5. Let's go. Let's fucking Why go. is that because you didn't is that because you won something? I won Fantasy League. I I honestly pulled off one of the greatest achievements in the history of like modern man. I revamped my fantasy football team roster this year like no one else has ever done. Scored the most points, won the keeper league, and really just set a precedent for the greatest fantasy football season of all time. And I haven't been reached out to yet by any like news organizations or publications because i think they should fucking write a book on me it was when i talk with it was genius like i i think i'm the greatest of all time but i guess my question to that well first of all congratulations thank you i'm a champion and so you bought this to treat yourself for winning i'm assuming yes 
Mm -hmm. So my second question, I guess my third point is, I would have assumed you would win every year, though. It's it's a it's a tough game. It's a tough game. Fantasy football, it's tough. I don't win every year. This was my first win in this keeper league. I I lost in the championship two years ago. I lost in a championship league in another league this year to my good friend Big Dog, who's on the who's on this. Uh, he always beats me. He's beaten me like eight times in the playoffs. It's fucking annoying as shit. He's like, I think more than half my life, Andrew has beaten me in the fantasy football playoffs, which just sucks. Um, but I'm a champion, so uh, I'll work on a. But we'll do Star Wars trivia next week because the Marvel stuff is just too easy. I have not found good Marvel trivia, so we'll have to figure that out. Um, Peter, anything else you want to touch on before we wrap up today? Um, I'm excited to hopefully watch No Way Home again this weekend. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to try to do that, you too. Because I feel like I, it's been missing from something was missing from my life for a minute. And I was like, what's missing? And I was like, oh, I haven't seen No Way Home in, mm-hmm. in a minute. So I'm looking forward to that. And I'm. Looking forward to seeing where Boba Fett shows up and seeing how my rating scale changes next week when we discuss. I think they'll f- fill the end of the season a lot with a lot of hype. Star Wars seems to try to do that with their shows, but we'll see. The The lack of a clear big bad is weird, but also kind of intriguing. So, Definitely, like you said, we'll see. get used to. Mm-hmm. All right, this has been episode 138 of the Pineapple Couch. Happy 2022. Peter, thank you so much for joining. Um, Thank you for having me. We'll see you guys next time. God bless.